When I was making $50,000 a year, there was a massive skill gap that existed and also a massive resource gap that existed, which is why my content marketing strategy was not working when I was trying to mimic and model behind what I saw somebody else doing. Instead of mimicking what you see million-dollar brands doing, pay attention to what they did when they were in the season that you are in. I've made over $5 million from a link in my bio. I'm gonna be walking you through the exact content marketing strategy that I've used to build a multi-seven-figure online coaching business. And more importantly, I'm gonna be walking you through a decision-making framework, helping you answer four of the biggest questions so that you can properly align your business model with the right marketing strategy so that you can make more money. Through this video, I'm going to be showing you where you need to post, what you need to post, when you need to post, and how to use content marketing to effectively attract qualified leads and convert more clients. This video is really going to be a culmination of a lot of lessons I've learned since 2016 when I got into this online education space. You and I both know that social media has entirely changed. Algorithms have changed, new platforms have come out, and more importantly, buyer behavior has also evolved. And in this video, I'm gonna be helping you understand how your buyers are making buyer decisions on a psychological level and how to ensure that your content marketing strategy is properly aligned to aid and support your prospects with making buying decisions. Now, I've tried it all, I feel like, since I started in 2016. I've tried different lead generation strategies, paid ads, and affiliate marketing. I've tried to sell multiple different offers, low ticket, high ticket. One of the biggest lessons that I have had to learn is really being able to disassociate creating content as a way to generate leads for my business from viewing myself and behaving on social media like a content creator. Once I understood that distinction, realizing that I am using my thought leadership to create influence on a particular group of individuals versus trying to appear and present myself as an influencer online, that's when I was really able to leverage content marketing at the scale that I have been able to and be able to consistently bring in qualified leads for my coaching program versus focusing on building a large audience and increasing engagement. We're gonna talk about that a little bit more as we get into the video, but let's get started. Let's get to breaking down how I've been able to make millions off of free content without needing to run paid advertising, doing random giveaways online, or any of the other stuff we see a lot of content creators and influencers having to do to build an audience. The first big decision that you need to make is deciding how do you actually want to generate leads. I understand that you want more leads, and more importantly, you want more qualified leads, but there are four different ways that you can generate leads in your online coaching business. The first way that you can get leads is by buying them. This is you using paid media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Google ads, you spending money to get in front of your ideal prospect. The second way that you can generate leads is by borrowing them. This is any time that you are speaking on somebody else's stage, doing a podcast interview, possibly doing an affiliate relationship, or even a JV partnership. This is you putting your offer in front of somebody else based off of the audience that they have built and curated. The third way is being referred to them. This may be one of the primary ways that you generate new clients now is that somebody that you know knows how awesome you are and they tell somebody else, which brings them to your ecosystem, or maybe you have past clients that you've done incredible work for and then they refer you to their friends. 
The fourth way is to attract them. And this is where content marketing comes into play. It is you sharing your perspective, putting yourself publicly on a platform, whether that's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, podcasts, whatever the medium might be. Creating content that gets organically shared on these platforms that people who already follow you share with their audience and brings in new people into your world. To summarize this really quickly, you can buy them, borrow them, get referred to them, or attract them. One thing I know to be true if you're trying to grow your online coaching business is that you have to have mastery around one of these lead generation strategies before you start to layer in complexity by doing two, three, or four. Referrals are probably always going to happen. So outside of referrals, you should identify which one of those other lead generation strategies do you want to primarily focus on, become a master in, really build your business model around, buying them, borrowing them, or attracting them. Now, I want to hold some space because I know you might be thinking, well, what about media? Being featured in publications or being featured on Good Morning America or something along those lines. I have to tell my clients regularly that media is a way for you to preserve your brand and really amplify your reputation. It can give you credibility. But I have been featured in Forbes, Essence, Business Insider. And while those things have been really great opportunities, those have not been consistent lead generation sources for me. So that's something to think about. That PR and media does a great job of maintaining your reputation and building your credibility. But I have not seen it personally, either with myself or with clients, where that's a consistent lead generation source. So I'm guessing that you're watching this video because you want content marketing to be a primary way that you generate leads. And that's the primary way that I've been able to generate leads. But you might be wondering, can content marketing really work for you? Like, can it really consistently bring in qualified leads that actually convert into people that actively buy? Because when I first got started with content marketing and creating content on social, it was a total failure. I remember posting every single day, hopping on Canva to create these little Canva graphics, following all these Instagram coaches and online marketing coaches telling me that I needed to be consistent. But I really struggled with understanding not only just what I was supposed to say in my content, what frequency I was supposed to be publishing, how I was supposed to be formatting my content. Like, do I need to do trending audios? Do I need to learn TikTok dances? Do I need to, you know, create more video content? Like, I understood what I was being told intellectually, but I did not understand how to apply it practically. And one of the biggest things that I learned about a year or two into business is that you have to understand the psychology of how a buyer is making a decision in order for you to effectively design design a content marketing strategy that will align with them. And what I mean by this is, depending on the type of offer that you are selling, the price point of the offer and the complexity of the problem, that will influence what type of marketing strategy you need to focus on inside of your business. There's three types of buying decisions that a prospect will use when making a buying decision based off of three types of offers that you could be selling. There's an impulse purchase, which is typically low cost and usually less than $1,000. There's a momentum purchase, where this is maybe more of a mid-range. Somebody's you know, maybe just starting something for the first time and wants something a little bit meatier. And this is usually priced between $1,000 and $3,000. Then there is the life-changing purchase. This is usually more of our higher ticket, higher cost products and programs in the online education space that are priced $3,000 or more. I want to clarify, these buying behaviors and these price range are speaking in context, the online coaching, online education space, digital courses, digital products, and higher level coaching offers. 
Now, when you think about the type of offer that you are selling, look at what price range your coaching offer is in. Now you can align that with how buyers are making buying decisions so that you can make sure that your marketing strategy is speaking to that buyer behavior. So let's start to break this down a little bit. If you are selling a coaching offer that is less than $1,000, the psychology of your buyer is an impulse purchaser, meaning that their buying decision was probably unplanned. It didn't require a lot of mental thought or consideration before making their decision. And there might not have even been any pre-shopping intention. Maybe you were offering an awesome discount or a deal, which caused them to jump on that opportunity, or the purchase of it satisfied some immediate gratification. Now that you understand the buyer psychology of an impulse purchase, let's talk about the marketing on the backside of that. In order for that type of offer to make money to replace your salary and take you beyond six figures in your coaching business, you have to have a large volume of leads in addition to a large volume of buyers to make the math make sense. Usually the marketing strategy that we see people deploy for impulse purchases is more of the buy and die strategy, meaning that it's very top of funnel focused. You're spending money in order to get new leads and either that lead buys from you or the lead ends up dying. There's not a lot of additional effort in that internal marketing strategy to continue nurturing that lead to get them to buy down the line. You're primarily focused on getting new leads so that you can get new first time purchasers, And from a content marketing strategy, you are focused on a high frequency of short content, lots of reels, putting lots of short newsfeed type of ads in front of your prospect's timeline. It's high volume, short attention span, and the buyer behavior is an impulse purchase. The flip side of this is more of that higher ticket offer. You selling something that's $3,000 or more. And the buyer behavior associated with that is it is more of a life-changing decision. It requires significant consideration. The sales cycle for this might be three months, six months, even to a year, depending on the prospect, the season that they're in, and the problem that you solve. Your prospect is using more discernment to make the buying decision. They probably are following you, silently consuming your content, possibly even having micro interactions with you in the comments or indirect message before they're ready to pull the actual trigger. When we think about this on the marketing side of things, where impulse purchase focus on volume, the life-changing buyer behavior pattern, your marketing needs to focus on value. You need to focus on attracting and retaining your leads versus just buying and letting them die. Instead of only having to focus on top of funnel, just getting new leads into your world, in this part, you're less focused on building a large audience and more focused on building a niche group of qualified leads. And typically the buyer behavior pattern of individuals who make more of that life-changing purchase with you, your business model is structured on lifetime value. Once you get those people in the door, they're much more likely to stay working with you or their lifetime value per purchase is just higher because the program is positioned at a more significant price point. So your goal here with your content is to build deep connection rather than shallow surface interaction. You're gonna be focusing more on long form content, a bingeable ecosystem, and really you building again, a community of qualified leads, nurturing those individuals with your content, giving them bingeable opportunities to consume your content on a more deeper level. And you start paying attention to different metrics of performance. You care more about those private action takers and those silent decision makers, more so than public engagement, which you would probably prioritize if you were selling a lower ticket offer where you were dealing with impulse buyers. 
With all of that in mind, the second decision that you have to make is what type of purchase are my clients making? This is not just about what type of offer are you selling, which is important because you need to make sure that that is in alignment. But now I want you to start to think about what is the buyer psychology? What is influencing how my prospect is making a buying decision based off of the price point of the offer that I am selling? Now that you've made those two significant decisions in your business, we need to actually start building out what your content marketing strategy needs to be and what you need to focus on based off the season of business that you are in. When you're making between zero and $300,000 a year, your content marketing strategy is focused on volume. Main reason being is that you're looking to build a new audience and there's a lot of skills that you need to develop. So the primary goal for you in this phase is to focus on quantity so that you can start putting in enough reps to build a level of consistency. Your goal during this phase is to build your skill set, learn how to actually discover your voice, and more importantly, understand the nuances of your actual prospect. When I was getting started back in 2017, you can literally go on my Facebook business page to see all of this real time, is I went live nearly every single day. Some of the videos were absolutely cringeworthy when I go back and look at them. But the goal at that time was I need to build my reps. I need to learn how to articulate my value. I need to learn how to even just discover my voice. Because what ends up happening a lot when you're in this phase of business is it's normal for you to try to mimic and echo what you hear other people saying because you haven't yet really understood what your unique perspective is on the topics that you're discussing. And you want to make sure that you are creating content where it is more from an authentic point of view rather than sounding like a a repetition of somebody else in your industry. So the goal of this phase is to put out volume. Just get consistent with creating content. A lot of it is going to suck. You just have to accept that. Your lighting is going to be bad. You're going to have so many ums, ahs, likes, and filler words when you're talking. You're probably going to cringe afterwards. You may not even feel comfortable re-watching yourself or rereading what it is that you post after you publish it. But you need to give yourself the opportunity to build your skills, discover your voice, and really learn what your audience actually responds to by doing a lot of testing. And that testing just comes by you creating the content, doing that for 30 days, reevaluating, making some micro improvements, and just keeping it going. So all you need to focus on during this season is just doing the work. Now that you understand that, what work should you be doing when it comes to content creation? When you're in this season of business, my recommendation is that you just focus on one channel, one channel and one channel only. I know that it's really easy for us to get sidetracked with this because we see the Alex Hermoses or maybe even you follow me and you're like, Jerisha, you are everywhere. I see you on any platform every time I log on. But is you have to make sure that your content marketing strategy aligns with the season of business that you are in and what you have the capacity to manage, maintain, and develop. And we'll talk about more advanced strategies here in a moment. But focus on one channel. And I would pick a channel that has a community aspect to it. Facebook or Instagram would be the two that I would recommend most highly. LinkedIn has this component as well. It's a little bit more disconnected than Facebook or Instagram, but that could work. And YouTube could also possibly work just depending. But I would recommend Facebook or Instagram because of a few things. Not only can you create newsfeed content, live video content, more of that longer form content, but you also have the opportunity on those two platforms to engage in back and forth conversation with your audience, whether that's through direct message, which is Instagram, 
or even on Facebook, you could have your own Facebook group that has more of that community element. So I would pick a platform that has some sort of community element on it and still has a wide range of organic reach and a platform that you know is not going to go anywhere in the next three to five years. Even though you may not like hanging out on Facebook or you may not like hanging out on Instagram, recognize that you're using social media not to entertain yourself. You're using social media primarily to build a body of work and attract qualified leads into your ecosystem. And when you're in this season of zero to $300,000 a year, that is your goal is start to build your body of work, start to get consistent with creating content, discover your voice. And it's most advantageous for you to pick one channel to put all of your energy in a attention on and focus on a platform that has that community aspect. If you're making less than $300,000 a year, but you are consistently posting on multiple platforms, that might be the reason why you're not able to make more money because it requires so much extra work to be present on multiple platforms when instead we can just focus on putting all of your energy and attention in one place to get a bigger result. Once you've moved on to phase two, which is between $300,000 a year and a million dollars a year, that's when the focus shifts from mass volume and you just posting every day to really moving into deep value. Now that you're in a season of more mastery, you have a really good understanding of your messaging and you know how to articulate yourself effectively. You understand the nuances of what your prospect is privately thinking and you have deep market awareness. This is where the goal is to do less better. You want more potency with the content that you publish, and you're focusing on the quality of the messaging being effectively articulated within each post. So when you were in phase one, you're probably posting every single day because you're getting your reps in, you're learning the skill set, you're learning how to find your voice. In this phase, though, you might be posting three to four times a week, but the quality of each piece of content is much more effective because you know your messaging is actually landing. The third phase is when you're making more than a million dollars a year. And the goal in this phase is to really have that omnipresence effect. You're publishing a high volume of quantity, but the messaging being communicated in each piece of content is at a higher quality. Your goals here are high value multi-channel distribution. This is when you're not actually building and investing in an actual content team, building a baby media company inside of your organization. And you're also publishing content in multi-formats. Multi-formats across multi-channels and there's a team that is running all of your content distribution. The phase here is doing more better. So the decision that you get to make now is really asking yourself this question, what season of business am I in? And am I being true to that season? Am I really honoring the season that I'm in versus trying to behave my external actions for the season that I want to be in. This is the biggest thing that I made a mistake in early on in my business is I kept trying to mimic millionaires. People running million-dollar coaching businesses have a full-on production team that is supporting with their content distribution. When I was making $50,000 a year, there was a massive skill gap that existed and also a massive resource gap that existed, which is why my content marketing strategy was not working when I was trying to mimic and model behind what I saw somebody else doing. Instead of mimicking what you see million-dollar brands doing, pay attention to what they did when they were in the season that you are in. So to quickly recap, now when you think about what type of content should you be publishing in each one of these phases, let me quickly break that down. If you're in the volume phase, I'd recommend that you're posting every single day. And I would pick the medium that makes the most sense for what comes natural to you. 
I did daily live streams. I would go live every single day because I was not a strong copywriter. I didn't really know how to articulate myself in a written format in a way that was digestible for a consumer. So I veered on the side of camera. Either you're gonna be a really good writer or you're gonna be a good speaker. You might be somewhat sucky at both and that's okay, but lend to whatever strength that you naturally already have. The idea of going live every single day may seem kind of absurd to you or maybe even writing every single day, but you have to ask yourself, if your goal right now is to use content to generate leads, this is just what's required. So start to treat your social media platform less as a place for you to interact with your best friends and your family members, but treat your social media like it's your own media company. The second phase moving into value, this is where I would shift from doing daily live streams to doing a weekly live stream and then leveraging the components of what I discussed in that live stream to make two or three newsfeed posts. And once I move into the omni-channel phase, that's when I'm now still continuing to do the baseline of what I was doing in the previous phases, maybe one live stream a week, but I'm doing a higher volume of content repurposing and probably a higher volume of even content creation. Everything is being amplified because there's a team there to support me and there's just such a depth of understanding, mastery, and knowledge base around who my prospects are and how to properly speak to them. So I know every time I create a piece of content, the messaging is going to land. So the last decision you really have to make is what content marketing strategy are you going to follow? Are you going to focus more on a heavy video-based content strategy or more of a written-based content strategy? You also have to pick the platform. Where do you want your central hub to be? And again, I'd highly recommend picking a platform that has a community component to it so that you're not only creating content for people to consume, but it's also very native to the platform for back and forth conversations to take place. Because one thing that we know to be true is that conversions happen through conversation. So that if you if you can pick a social media platform that already has consumer behavior where conversation, commenting, direct messaging, that back and forth dialogue is native to their behavior there, you're going to be setting yourself up for success. I hope this also gives you permission to not have shiny object syndrome. Put your blinders on. If there's even people that you're following on social media that keep causing you to second guess the focus that you've already made a decision around, unfollow them. For a season, you might need to just remove all distractions to keep you focused on one channel, consistency of content, building your skill sets around being able to articulate your value and deepening your understanding of the awareness that your buyers and your prospects are going through. Stick around until the very end and I'm going to show you the three types of messaging that I infuse into my content to be able to use my content marketing as a sales funnel, taking viewers and listeners of my content and turning them into paid buyers. Let's put this all together so that you can finalize your content marketing strategy. When you're in phase one, which is the base of this triangle, you're going to focus on one channel and picking a channel that has a community component meaning you can create content and there's an opportunity for that back and forth dialogue. Again, the goal here is to produce a large volume of content and focus on posting every single day, Monday through Friday, one post a day. Even if it's a five minute live stream, it's you building up those skill sets, putting your reps in and most importantly, doing the work. 
You might be thinking, okay, Jay, I'm posting every day, but how do I turn these into paid customers? This is where the power of that conversation comes in. You'll be creating opportunities for people to start a conversation with you in the direct message or potentially having a link in the bio for them to be able to book a call with you or something along those lines. We wanna remove any friction that causes a prospect to be able to have a conversation with you. We do not need to be having them jump through a million loops before they're able to make a significant buying decision with you. Now, when we move into phase three, this is where you start to have one channel and we create a binge effect. I like to call this your Netflix effect. This is where you start taking your content, possibly repurposing those live stream videos that you already had or either creating new content, giving your prospects the opportunity to consume your content privately on their own time in a bingeable way. This is where you're gonna introduce either a podcast or this is when I'd recommend that you go to YouTube. It's more of that longer form content that allows people to have more of that bingeable experience. And the goal here when you start creating bingeable content and more of this longer form content in this format, yes, it will be able to get you in front of new leads just organically based off of how the platforms function. But your primary goal with this content is to indoctrinate your existing audience. As we move into the third phase where you're incorporating both value and volume, you start to have that omnipresence effect. And this is where you are focusing on multi-channel distribution. During all three of these phases, you'll be incorporating email. Really using your content, again, with the goal of getting people to start a conversation with you. That first is going to happen natively on the platform, probably in direct message. And then from there, you'll be able to get them to book a call with you or be able to potentially even close your clients through direct message. But you'll also start to focus on building your email list so that you can move your followers into a list that you have a little bit more direct access to. Now you have an inside look at my entire content marketing strategy, what it has looked like at every season of business that I have been in. My biggest reminder to you is just focus on what season of business that you are in, honor your season, be truthful with yourself in that season, and the faster you're willing to do what's required of your season, the faster you'll be able to see success with your content marketing strategy. When it comes to the messaging that you infuse into your content, there's four main buckets that I like to focus on. One is teach, and I know that you've heard a lot of people talk about how-to content and teaching people things and using that as a form of, of content, which is true. Even this video that you're watching right now is an example of teaching content. But you recognize that I'm teaching you how to think. I'm not telling you what to do. And that minor shift in how you infuse your messaging into your content is what allows you to appeal to a more sophisticated buyer, especially when you're selling a more premium offer. The second is show. This is really you showing the process, helping somebody understand the the step-by-step nuances around whatever it was that you taught them how to do. This video also incorporated that a little bit. Not only did I teach you how to think, but I showed you how to actually do it, giving you examples and breaking down concepts to show you how to make your decision and things to influence that decision-making. Another example of showing content might just be you doing behind the scenes, showing your day, documenting your journey, and elaborating on aspects of what might be appealing to your ideal client. 
For example, me creating this YouTube video right now, if you go check out on my Instagram stories, I regularly show behind the scenes. Instead of me talking to the client trying to get them to buy my thing, I am showing them the nuances of what it looks like to actually run an online coaching business. And since my ideal client are individuals who want to build coaching businesses, not only do they need to learn and develop skill sets to become better coaches themselves, they also need to understand and probably want insight on seeing what's actually required to run the business, not just develop the skill sets needed to create and grow the business, if that makes sense. The third piece of content is more of that human content, that personal relationship building content. And this is where I see a lot of coaches who need to create content fall into that trap of becoming content creators and replicating what they see other influencers doing on Instagram or on social media. What I mean by this is when you're selling to a more affluent buyer and you're charging more premium for your offer, no like and trust is the cost of entry. But your buyer wants to not just know you, you want to ensure that they actually respect you. You don't want your prospect just to like you. You want them to actually believe you. And yes, trust is very important. Doing all of this is going to help build your trust. You having a body of work builds that trust. But ultimately, if somebody's buying a more premium priced offer, they want to ensure that there is value alignment. So no like and trust is one component. But when you're dealing with a more affluent buyer, you know, who's going to be making one of those life-changing buying decisions, you want to make sure that your content is also helping them respect you, believe you, and ultimately discover whether or not your values align with theirs. This third aspect of the content is showing more of that authentic human experience, letting them know that you are a real person who has real feelings, who has real thoughts, who has real values, and you are publicly putting those on display. The fourth type of messaging is making the actual invitation, inviting somebody to take the next step with you. And that is content that is probably where I see a lot of coaches primarily creating content, but you want to do this tastefully. This is the content that is making the direct ask, making the direct invitation and telling them what their next step needs to be. That next step might be follow me for more. That next step could also look like click the link in my bio and book a call with me. Or send me a direct message so I can send you the application link. That next step is really moving them to actually making a buying decision. When you can layer in all three of those components of teaching people what to think, showing them the process and the behind the scenes of what's required, really creating that human connection, and also making strong invitations, that's how you can take your content strategy and turn it into a funnel for you to get more calls on your calendar, enroll more clients, and ultimately make more cash. 